We're less than 100 kilometers away from Rome. Yeah. Uh, Monte Fiascone, which is four kilometers from here, uh, was the 100, uh, uh, the town at 100 kilometers from Rome. So. Uh, and that town had so many hills, I just. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I couldn't imagine. I mean, like, I wouldn't ever go there for vacation because uh, <laughs> it's not vacation if you're just walking uphill all day. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was hard. It was like it was not it was hard uphills. It was like a really so yeah. We had to really psych ourselves up to go to the cathedral because it's a yeah. beautiful. It's an amazing, beautiful cathedral that, that towers is. above uh, the lake, it's and you can a, yeah. see it from from uh, twenty kilometers away. Yeah, and it's actually just almost just a dome. Yeah. And uh, and it's around it's a round cathedral actually. Mm -hmm. It's a round cathedral, it's not a shape that we are used to see. And uh, it makes just, there's a huge dome and uh, around, I don't know if the, I don't remember if the dome takes everything or if uh, around it makes like a flower with other round things around. And uh, it's really a round cathedral. <laughs> it's really round. And uh, we, so we went to Montefiascone, which is a, also a beautiful medieval town. And it's known for their est, est, est. And it's known for the est, est, est. Wine. In the 12th century, uh, there was an art, uh, a bishop from France who was visiting to Rome, and he wanted to only go to the hotels uh, in towns with the best wine, so he sent a wine scout ahead of him and if the wine scout saw a uh, came to an inn that had good wine he would write est on the door which is roman for there is yeah and so he was so enamored with this wine in Montefiascone that he wrote on the door est 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 with escalating levels of uh, exclamation points yeah but it wasn't very good well we don't know at that time well, i'm it sure was it was good, good in the 12th century but it, the quality of the wine has declined over the <coughs> last 800 years. I don't know. Anyway, to to sum up, we had a really nice time yesterday. Yeah. Good walk, good dinner, good hang. Yeah. And uh, we're ready to uh, tackle another uh, difficult subject on talking to walking. Yeah. So, without further ado. Okay, so number 13. Number 13. Which is Radium Girls. Radium Girls. But this was submitted by Neil Beatty. Okay. And uh, Radium Girls was is a power pop trio from Japan. It's a what? A power pop trio. That's a, a, a three girls from Japan. That's uh -huh. um, a bass player, a guitar player, and a drummer. Okay. Uh, and they play pop music. Mm -hmm. uh, they're kind of inspired by. They're in, they say they're inspired by the Spice Girls, but uh, because they have they have nicknames. Okay. Uh, that have to do with uh, radioactivity. Okay. Uh, atomic. Uh, so they have the neutron, uh, proton, and electron. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
neutron girl, proton girl, electron girl. Okay, I see. And I think neutron girl plays the guitar and sings. She's the, the lead. And so they're, they're kind of inspired by the Spice Girls, but with a harder edge. Like they, it's, it's funny because they, they say they're inspired by A, on one hand, the Spice Girls, uh-huh. And on the other hand, uh, Iggy Pop and the Stooges. Wow. Uh, you know, okay. the, the punk yeah. group from the, from the 60s and 70s. Yeah. So it's like cute, but it has a, a very hard edge. Okay. What was the name of their... You remember they had, they had a big hit? It, it was a big hit in the United States. I think it was a big hit in Brazil also. What? Them? Yeah. The Radium I, Girls. I have no idea. Never heard about it. Hola. Hola. In the United States, they had one breakthrough hit. Okay. And uh, maybe it, if you sing it to me. I wanna smash your particle, baby. And it, that's the thing is like it was a because they were all it was all about atomic energy and and radioactivity and uh, yeah. And so, like the first album was a big hit. Uh-huh. But then the second album, everybody's like, do we have to keep on talking about <laughs> atomic particles and, and radioactivity? Okay. And, uh, you know, and like, I want to smash, I want to smash your particle, baby. It's like, I want to accelerate your electrons until they go uh, at light speed and then they smash into each other and, and simulate and uh, the creation of the universe. Like, okay. I understand the metaphor. Like, I get it. But it's a little... Oh, I don't know if I would get it. <laughs> I mean, okay. it's a metaphor for love, you know, like, okay. I want to I wanna be your partner. Okay. I want to smash your partner. It's kind of violent, you know, mm -hmm, but yeah. uh, it works well in a punk song. Okay. But, so I, I liked it. I liked it, you know. It was, uh, it was something new. It was something different. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I hadn't heard that much music from Japan, so when it came over to the United States, I was, I thought that it was, uh, it was something that I could get into, you know. I see. But they had 15 songs, and they were about two minutes a piece. It was power pop. It was it was tight, melodic, uh, good good beat. Okay. Uh, but they exhausted all the all the radioactive <laughs> atomic <laughs> topics within the first album. So when the second album came out, it was kind of more of the same thing. It was like, okay, this again. We're going to talk about uh, the uh, we're going to talk about the centri centrifuges one more time. <laughs> I see. I'm done with these centrifuges within these in these songs. Like, I I like songs about um, I like songs I can relate to. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I can relate to things that are, you know, big ideas. And these uh, these atoms are just too small for me to relate to. Okay. So the obviously. And you have to have a kind of a knowledge of some stuff to understand. Uh, the song. Well, no, that's the good thing about the Radium Girls is that um, it encouraged people to, because they wanted to know, they wanted to understand the metaphors. And so okay. they would read about science and they would read about uh -huh. uh, of course. atoms and electrons and, and like the Google searches for subatomic particles and uh, increase. increase astronomically. Uh -huh. So it was good for science. Uh -huh. It was good for Japan. It was uh -huh. good for the Radium Girls. And uh, I think it was good for everybody to to listen to this to this music. It was really okay, really good music. But uh, again, their their sophomore effort, they had the the sophomore slump, and people bought the record. But uh, they had one hit on the radio, and it was like number you know seventy five on the pop charts. It wasn't really, 
it got some play, but it didn't stick, you know? Okay. And uh, so they kind of faded into obscurity. Uh, and now they play, um, they, they went to Branson, Missouri, which is where all the, the hit acts from the past go. And so they have a, a theater in Branson, Missouri, where they perform every night. Okay. All their hits. Hey, Sabe. And, uh, yeah, the folks that go to Branson really love hearing them play, but they haven't really... Sabe. They haven't really uh, gotten back into the, uh, into the groove of things because, I mean, it, it was kind of a, a novelty act, you know, if you will. Okay. So, that's the Radium Girls. I see. Well, I never heard about them before, so thank you. Yeah. I'm learning something. Uh, yeah. And um, maybe we'll listen to. Maybe. I, I want to smash your. Wait. <laughs> Atom. <laughs> I want to. Yeah, the, the the name of the song that I said earlier. Okay. All right. Okay. This has been talking to walking. Well, thank you, Jeff. We have a few days left to Rome, yeah. and we're excited about it. Okay. All right. Bye. Okay, here we are. This is Talking to Walking. I'm Jeff. We're joined today by Neil from Austin. Hello. <laughs> uh, and uh, we're, today we're going to talk about Radium Girls. And on the walk, we supposed that Radium Girls were a power pop trio <laughs> from Japan who had one great album where all the songs were about um, were about nuclear stuff. And uh, it was very kitschy and, and... And he was really good, because I... Mean, <laughs> <laughs> he I, I had story, I was like, man. I had Nelly fooled that I actually knew about Radium Girls. <laughs> That's wow. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, but actually, we had, we had no idea what Radium Girls was. I, I, thought, I thought it might be something like that, uh, but <laughs> I did a little research afterwards and I was completely wrong. Yeah. No, yeah. Tell us about the, the reality is much more tragic. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is our story was a bright one, but uh well actually actually it was a it wasn't that it was kind of sad at the end. They had a uh, a sophomore album that just flopped. Uh well that's that's sad, but not as sad. No. Okay. So the real story of the Radium Girls. Yeah, the story of the Radium Girls started uh in World War 1 as the US was gearing up to enter the war. Um, there was a, a factory in New Jersey, I think in Orange, New Jersey, where they painted watch dials with radium and like instrument dials for the military. And they would hire young girls to do this because they had smaller hands, were better for the kind of delicate work um, of painting tiny little watch dials that were, you know, maybe an inch across or so. And it was so they would glow in the dark? Yeah, so they would glow in the dark, exactly. Um, and they needed that. And this was new technology. Radium had been discovered by Mary Curie, I guess, about 20 years before. But even then, she knew, you know, she and her husband both knew that radium was radioactive and it will burn you. And uh, But you know that, uh, so they have all of, um, this is just an interesting yeah. side fact, they have all of Marie Curie's uh, uh, records here. And, uh, well, her husband, you know, was uh, was killed by, he, he got hit by a car. But... Uh, he was he had signs of radi of radiation sickness as he right before he uh he got killed but uh she i think she eventually died of cancer or something but now in order to read her papers you have to put on a full protective suit and wear a geiger counter her her papers are all radioactive 
Oh man, that's crazy. crazy yeah, all of her yeah. notebooks and and everything. You can't go. You can't read her papers unless you are protected. So maybe she wasn't that a part of the warm the harm that it could cause. Right. I think she was aware to a certain extent, but I, I don't think she knew. I think she just handled all these radioactive materials without a second thought. I mean, I think she took a few precautions, but not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. And I guess they learned a lot, you know, through her work and afterwards. And, you know, that idea of the safety around radioactive materials kind of plays really heavily into the story of the Radium Girls. Um, so back to the story, uh, this this factory in New Jersey, we're painting watch dials. So these girls, um, one of the things about this job is it was a real prestigious job for these girls to have. First of all, all the guys had gone off to war, um, and the girls were at home uh, trying to do what they can to aid in the war effort. So, you know, getting a job feeding the war machine was a good one. But this particular job paid really well because of, you know, the, you know, the fine motor skills required to do it and whatnot. So it was kind of a prestigious job to have, paid about three times what a lot of other factory work paid. So these girls not only you know, had these jobs, but also had a little extra jingling money. And when they would paint, you know, they'd paint these, uh, these dials with radium all day long, and they would come home after their shift glowing a little bit. So after a while, these girls started wearing their best dresses to work so that they could go out to the dance halls that night and glow at Whoa. the dance halls. Okay. So they were kind of really enjoying that side effect, had no idea the effect it was having on them. Yeah. Which we all know now, radiation's not such a good thing, you know. No. Um, obviously. But... It, it went even further. Those girls, they were told by the factory owners that, uh, you know, radium wasn't bad for you. And e- even in, you know, they, they were selling products in the supermarkets, like uh, tonic waters with radium in it. So it's there were these uh, tonic uh, health effects that uh, that were being touted you know, to the general public. Granted, those are in tiny doses. And these girls were, so they were painting watch dials, right? They're using these uh, these little... Uh, paint brushes, and to get a real fine tip on their paintbrush, they would just put it in between their lips and just you know, po- get a get a point on the tip. Every time they did that, they'd ingest a little bit of that radium paint. So they were getting huge high doses of radium versus you know whatever they were selling to the public as a health tonic. Oh, so nice. anyway, girls also found out that uh, you know g- guys really reacted to them glowing in the dark at uh, the dance hall. They started painting their teeth with radium. Oh uh, this my paint. All of this is probably the worst idea you could ever have, ever. Um, it all started to go south, I guess, after the war was over. Um, the war was over in 1918, um, but radium was a big business till about 1922 or so when things, you know, the, the uses for radium kind of declined. They didn't need so much glow-in-the-dark dials and whatnot. But these girls who worked in the factory started having health trouble. And uh, so there's, there's kind of two people... Um, two kind of main girls in the story that uh, that I think are really interesting. One is Grace Fryer. She's the one that, in the end, kind of was the advocate in the courts for the Radium Girls and the plight of workers and the responsibilities of employers to, you know, to at least cover, you know, to maintain some sort of uh, safe atmosphere for people to work. But the first girl who got sick is kind of the other girl um, in the story to me, and she's so important that I don't remember her name. <laughs> but what happened to her is... She was just the first one to experience the effects of radiation poisoning and, and what it was doing to her body. She had a toothache, so she went to the doctor, and they're like, oh, yeah, that sucks. Let's pull that tooth. So they pulled it. And then the one next to it started hurting, like, a week later, so they went and pulled that. Yeah. And instead of those, those tooth sockets healing, 
they just erupted into these giant pussy wounds that wow. just seemed to get worse and they weren't healing at all. The doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. And this infection started to spread across the top of her mouth and across her bottom jawbone. And it was just really, really painful. And she started having pain in her limbs too, like her arms and legs. You know, it got to the point where she couldn't walk. So the doctors couldn't figure out what went wrong <laughs> or what was going wrong with her. And this is where it gets really weird. So they were taking a look inside of her mouth to try to, you know, take another close look at this infection that was spreading. And the doctor kind of pushed aside her lower jawbone and it broke off. Oh my just, God. just broke right off. He was able oh. to lift part of her jawbone out of her mouth, so they had to remove her whole jawbone after that. So what was happening is that apparently, um, well, I'll get to the, what was actually happening here in a second. The interesting part is that the owners of the factory totally denied that there was anything with radium that was causing these girls to get sick. The fact that they all worked in the radium yeah. dial painting factory was totally, you know, circumstance. It was all coincidence. Mm. And uh, so... Nothing, you know, no, no, nothing ever happened in terms of uh, changing the way the girls worked or, you know, even oh. though they dialed down their... Because uh, there were still girls they, working there the same way. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And uh, not only that, um, enough girls started to get sick. Uh, so that girl, that one girl eventually died, but she was the first one. And uh, there's all these other pictures you can find out there of these women who have these giant cancerous sarcomas on their face, like tumors mm. the size of softballs growing out of their chin or... Oh like cancer of the joints that are the most horrible things you've ever seen. It looks like someone, there's a, like a knurled knot of a pine tree growing out of someone's knee and that's knee cancer. Ugh, it's the worst. But uh, so all this was happening. The factory people vehemently denying they have anything, that their, their product is unsafe at all and is causing any kind of damage to these girls. Um, the, they started blaming uh, the girls themselves for going out and up to the dance halls and having all this money to spend and living a fancy free lifestyle. It's they're kind of being hooers, you know. That's probably their own fault. It's probably syphilis. Oh. And uh, so that's the stance the, the factory folks took. They found a couple scientists to do a study to really see what was going on with radium and how it really affected the body. And this was paid for by the owners of the company. So they came back and said, oh, yeah, so radium is really bad for you. Uh, all these girls are dying because of radium, and we need to stop doing all this immediately. And the factory owner was like, what the hell? This is not what I paid you to to." you know, to tell me. So he buried that report and uh, he paid another guy for another report that said that radium was perfectly harmless and everything was okay. Uh, and, uh, so things went on like that for another three or four years. But finally that girl, Grace Fryer, successfully filed suit and, you know, got a class action-ish suit, I guess. I don't know if class action suits were even a thing back then. But got all these girls together to fight for workers' rights and how they'd been mistreated by their employer and as a direct result of their work, They've, you know, experiencing all these things. And uh, they successfully sued in court, but they had to settle out of court because all these girls were dying too quick. They needed the money, so they settled out of court. And uh, there was never, you know, something official, I guess, on the books. But what that did was uh, it did make national news and even worldwide news. Uh, the Radium Girls, for a brief period of time, everyone knew who they were and everyone knew the plight. So what's interesting is that because that got so much coverage and so much news exposure... It elevated the the conversation about workers' rights in general, and uh, okay. maybe not directly, but over the long course of time, it resulted in things like OSHA and why we have uh, you know safe workplace rules and things like that now. It's just uh, it's confounding that uh, 
the owner would be, the factory would be so uh, cruel, I guess, you know? Well, and I'll tell you what's even worse than that. It's it's not just being cruel, it's being misogynistic because the factory owners finally did something about it when the first man died of radium exposure uh. in, the, uh, in the factory. <sighs> and they knew it was dangerous the whole time because the guys that were making the radium paint were wearing leather and lead aprons and using giant tongs, like ivory tip tongs to hold the radium. So they knew. Right. They knew that it was dangerous. Oh, man. Okay, so they would wear all these protections, but they wouldn't, mm -hmm. but they they, wouldn't ha make the... Not only did they not offer protections to the girls painting the dials, they didn't even tell them it was dangerous. They were having them stick it in their mouth. Yeah, they, they actually advised them to stick it in their mouth from what I read. Yeah, and it's I guess that's the thing to me is the idea that uh, you know those people are viewing those factory girls as expendable. You know, it's right. an expendable workforce. Crazy. Okay. And well, and how did you find out about the radium girls? Oh man, it's funny. It's funny you say that because when you initially sent out that uh, that request for hey, you know, what should we be talking about? Give us some topics. I was in uh, New York for a wedding at the time, and I was at a coffee shop uh, somewhere down on Wall Street. I just walked down to see the bull and that little girl statue, you know? Oh, right, yeah. And uh, at this coffee shop, there were, like, old uh, old newspapers kind of uh, okay. yeah. uh, on the walls, you know? Uh -huh. And uh, in one of those newspapers, there was a little headline about radium girls. So I, I looked it up. Okay. Perfect. Mm -hmm. wow. I was sitting there drinking coffee and reading about radium girls while... while <laughs> little Texas boy in New York for an oh, afternoon. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's crazy. It's crazy all these things that happen and uh, that we don't know and so many awful things that could happen aside of the war that was already an awful thing. But uh, all, all around it, there were so many other crazy things going on. Oh, that's, that's exactly right. I mean... The idea of, of not understanding fully what uh, radiation can do to the human body is such a crazy thing in and of itself, you know? That we, but then there's that a time human side of, oh, we do know what it does, and we're still going to subject these people to this. And there's that human tragedy side of that. The idea that at one point you could go out to a dance hall and there would be tons of girls there with glowing dresses and glowing teeth, and like that was a good Friday night. Like, how crazy is that? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty surreal. Yeah, so uh, factory owners can be real jerks sometimes. Oh, yeah. Profit-driven. Profit, yeah. Well, you can see right now all that is happening all around the world. It can be many, many different ways. Like, uh, well, I feel like that's exactly right. You know, we talk about these anything. factory situations from 100 years ago. The reality is that you know, it's just not happening where I'm at anymore, but it's still happening. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. happening uh, in a place that we don't have to see. Right. And, and it's, I mean, it's, it's as awful and many times even worse. I mean, it's awful. How do we not learn with uh, our past? <laughs> and uh, I think that, uh, is that any other thoughts on, uh, on Radium Girls or? Um... Well, I just. I just like the juxtaposition of the tragedy of that story, but leading to something like uh, workers' rights for all and OSHA. So there's uh, some good came out of it, and the tragedy is that none of those girls live long enough to experience it. I so I like it. I like the story. It's a, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a very, very interesting story. Very interesting, yeah. And yeah, with the with a good outcome, well, 
good outcome for many people. Cool. Well, thank you, Neil. I appreciate yeah. you joining us today. Yeah. T to the